0: This is your boy, Matty G, the Omega-3 Poppy, the Low-Key OG, as always, with Colby Patnode. And we have a ridiculous show today. So much to talk about. I mean, this is is the trade episode. You guys decided that, not us. Um, So we don't really have a tremendous amount of time to to waste here but I do have to I I would like to open up and ask you about that game on Sunday night. Give me your thoughts on uh on what we watched Sunday night with the Seahawks coming back in the second half and overcoming the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Yeah, um entertaining as the Seahawks always are of course um you know uh infuriating sure as the Seahawks often are <laughs> uh it was it was something to see like Minnesota's playing the type of football that Pete Carroll like has wet dreams about so minus the turnovers of course <laughs> so uh yeah that was interesting to see Seattle get punched in the face for the first time really and uh to respond and to react to that, and uh yeah you know i I think at the end of the day, the Seahawks win that game because they have Russell Wilson, and the Minnesota Vikings have Kirk Cousins, and you know it's never that simple because Cousins played okay uh but it's hard to not imagine that being like the biggest factor, the biggest difference in that game, and Russell didn't even play all that well either, so uh it it was a it was an exciting game uh. But, yeah, there was, there was definitely some, you know, throw the remote at the wall as hard as you can type of moments. But uh, at the end of the day, they're 5-0, and o, and that's the only stat that counts.
0: See, I, I love that you mentioned that. You know, 5-0 and o for the first time in franchise history, which begs the question as they head into the bye week here, week six, um, you look at the schedule, and with the way that they're playing, obviously I would acknowledge – you know, maybe they go sixteen to zero, but I think that it would be, you know, it would be more prudent and and frankly more more realistic, more humble perhaps, to to say, hey, you know what, we're probably not going to go undefeated. So just off the top of your head here, I'll rattle off the next few games. Tell me where you think Seattle is most likely to take their first loss. So after the bye, they they go yeah. to Arizona then they host San Francisco then they go to Buffalo then they're at the Rams do any of those games stand out to you
1: um you know the Arizona game was a lot scarier before they lost Chandler Jones for the year um that's still going to be a battle it's the NFC West they don't play anything but close games you know except for the one year Seattle had the all-time greatest defense of all you know ever so uh but, yeah, I think without Chandler Jones, that defense takes a big step back. Jamal Adams will be back. There's nothing about that run game that really scares you, aside from Kyler Murray. Um, so I think they'll probably win that one. San Francisco certainly looks like they've taken a major step back. Uh, I mean, injuries are not, it's, none of those guys are coming back by, what is that, week seven, week eight? So, uh, no, Buffalo – going east to Buffalo that that's a tough game uh of course it's hard to get that image of last night you know that spanking out of your mind um but Buffalo's that that game's going to be tough Uh, I I think you know if you're asking me to pick one of those four I think the Rams probably is the game that uh I think I would say they're most likely to lose out of that group followed closely by Buffalo um and then the other two they're kind of toss-ups but they could lose, you know, three of those four, and I wouldn't be too surprised. Uh, they could also win all four, and I wouldn't be that shocked. So uh, the Rams appear to be the toughest matchup for Seattle right now.
0: Agreed. I think we are in lockstep here. So I just, just I was just curious. I wanted to get, wanted to get somebody else's thoughts on that because I did peek at the schedule and I was kind of thinking, you know, and I do think that this this next this, this stretch of four games coming up here is uh, is going to be. The roughest stretch of the schedule, um, so time will tell. We'll see. But in any in any case, all right. Let's get into these trades. So when we when we last convened, the 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 trade that we hadn't spoken on that happened the following day was a trade that you made, and there's going to be a lot of those in mm-hmm. this episode. A trade that you made with Jake Smith, you flipped Joe Flacco. That's right, folks. The Joe Flacco, the Super Bowl-winning quarterback, Joe Flacco. And if you ask Donald Trump, he's a special quarterback. He's a, he's a superstar. <laughs> Actually, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along those lines. Joe Flacco from Marvin Jones. Give me your thoughts on, uh, on what attracted you to that deal besides of course the obvious
1: (laughs) yeah uh so marvin jones was the guy that i was looking at and actually have a few a few shares of him in other leagues so uh, that's a guy i kind of targeted in my mocks and i really like marvin jones he just kind of seems to be a a safe you know 800 yard six touchdown type of guy and in that league in this league that's probably a wide receiver three a pretty good flex play at least. Uh, so yeah, Jones was a guy that I'd been targeting for, you know, pre-draft and all that stuff. So obviously Jake had him. Uh, we had, we had talked earlier the day that day, or maybe it was the day before about, you know, Jake's really desperate. That's why he's trading for Brett Rippin. And we had mentioned that, you know, Jake probably has to go out and get Joe Flacco because, you know, Cam Newton, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, as I mentioned to you on the show, I noticed that Jake didn't have much fab uh, I didn't really either at that point, but i, I you know I, I texted up Jake and I said, "Hey uh, are you going after Joe Flacco tomorrow?" and he was honest, and he told me yeah i i I kind of have to so um I pitched this deal to him that i would I would secure Joe Flacco for him uh and then in exchange, I would trade him uh, Flacco for Marvin Jones and, and, you know, undetermined amount of fab. Uh, so basically, you know, it's, I buy it from him. I bought, I bought Joe Flacco out of a storage unit and I flipped him to Jake for, and I bartered with Jake to get something that I wanted more. Uh, so I put up the money so that I could get the player. And I think, it, I think I ended up getting $10 back uh, from Jake. So what it really amounts to is 16 fab for Marvin Jones and like, yeah, the first four weeks have not been great for Marvin Jones, but I mean, I I find it hard to believe that Marvin Jones all of a sudden just can't play football anymore. So I thought that was a good buy low on my part. Um, And you know, for Jake, he gets Joe Flacco, who he can see who he started, needed to start for one week. Uh, Marvin Jones, like I said, hadn't done anything. Jake was doing okay at wide receiver. And now he will have a shot to use Joe Flacco again. Uh, if he wants to Sam Donald's already been ruled out so uh yeah I, I think it's you know it, I think I would say it's a creative deal uh that I kind of pitched and that Jake uh Jake was receptive to so we got it done gotta
0: love that um all right yeah I think I think you said everything that really that there is to say about that deal I mean it's hard for me I'm not going to sit here and sing the praises of Joe Flacco, but I do understand how sometimes you find yourself in a situation where, you know, you need to make a move. Yeah. It's a quarterback. If you need a quarterback, a guy who's starting, there's only so many of those to go around. So you find yourself in a precarious Mm -hmm. spot and, you know, you might be surprised the things that you would do. All right, moving on to this next deal, because man, do we have plenty of them. This next deal, and before I get into this one, I just want to quickly mention: I apologize. The the um, for whatever reason, the league transaction page doesn't show Fab, so I don't I don't I'm unaware if there's Fab in these deals. Um, so I'm just I'm just mentioning the players, and if we if we if we can remember that there's Fab, then we'll bring that up as well. Um, So this next deal, uh, as we all remember, TJ uh, was the big winner on waivers last week. And he took one of the running backs that he bought, Justin Jackson, and flipped him to a running back needy team in Garza in exchange for Tua. Um, Which is funny because he immediately – flipped well not immediately shortly thereafter flipped to a in a different deal that we'll get to later but so justin jackson for tua um give me your thoughts on on what you what you make of that deal
1: uh you know for garza he desperately needed a running back and uh you know he waited until the 11th hour to get one and uh you know he gives up who a guy who's his third string quarterback isn't starting yet, but I think we can all assume is going to get, uh, you know, the starting reps here at some point this year down the road. Um, TJ, you know, he trades what is essentially, I, th- I think he spent $55 on Jackson, something like that. So he, he essentially flips 55 fab for, uh, for Tua, which I think is totally fine. Uh, I'm a big fan of Tua. Obviously I, I think he's going to be a very good player. Whether that happens in year one, I don't know, but Justin Jackson is valuable so long as Austin Eckler is out, uh, which sounds like it could be a little while. So uh, I, overall, I think it's a fine deal. I I don't think, you know, I think it made a lot of sense for both sides. TJ got some upside at quarterback and when he, at the time, when he has Daniel Jones, you know, as his number two, upside is not a bad thing. So, and uh, yeah, Garza gets a, a pretty good week out of Justin Jackson, if I'm remembering correctly. So uh overall I think it's a deal that uh helped both teams. And you know, obviously TJ was later to flip to uh but I'm not gonna let that uh color my opinion of this deal. So I think it was a pretty solid deal for uh Yeah, for, for sure. And I
0: think that it's also worth noting you're hundred percent right about Justin Jackson. He did have a nice week. He outperformed Joshua Kelly. Um and there were people who were actually speculating that that was going to be the case heading into the game. Moving forward, it looks like that might actually Mm -hmm. be the case. So um, I think this was a, this was actually a a deal that, that, you know, in retrospect, this is one of those deals that nobody is like, wow, that's a great deal, but this is, this is a really good deal. I mean, both of these are really, really interesting players that definitely have upside to really Mm -hmm. contribute for a portion of the year here. Um, Yeah. All right. Moving forward, we have another quarterback on the move. And this one, you're going to have some explaining to do um, because you flipped (laughs) Russell Gage to max for Nancy Reagan. Now I think it's fair before we get into this too much. (laughs) I think it's fair um, just to be clear That, uh, you know, this was a deal that happened Sunday morning, if I'm not mistaken, because Max was in a precarious spot here um, with the, was it the Patriots game? Patriots, who are the the Patriots were playing? Yes, Patriots Chiefs, correct? Patriots Chiefs game Mm -hmm. gets, uh, no? No. No. Oh, you're Patriots right. Broncos, yes, yes. Patriots Broncos gets pushed back to this upcoming week. They both are on bot. are on by this last week. We didn't find that out till Sunday morning, and Max didn't have reinforcements. So, just like any good, uh, you know, just like any great general manager would do, instead of go, instead of getting to work, you just. Piss and moan on social media, and let and let and let the heavy <laughs> lifting get done by the people as they come to you and the offers come pouring in. That's what Max did, and it worked out in the end. Uh, he trades away Nancy Reagan for Russell Gage in this particular deal, and then he followed it up with another deal with Brian. But first, we'll first we'll talk about this one. So, uh, what was it exactly about about Nancy Reagan that you were that you were excited about? Was it, was it the fact that Adam Gaze is his coach? Was it the fact that, was it the fact that he survived Mono? Was it the fact that he plays for the New York football Jets?
1: Uh, I think it's the fact that he can see ghosts. That's, that's pretty uh, impressive. But uh, in this particular case, Darnold's actually been a guy that I've been talking to Max about for the last two or three weeks. Um, I still, you know, as crazy as it sounds, I, I still see upside in Sam Darnold. I watch him play, sadly. Um, and I see him make some really great throws on the run in particular. Uh, you know, I, I think he's more athletic than you think. And, you know, honestly, I'm a big Jameson Crowder fan. So I think he's got plenty of weapons with Crowder out there. Um, it's it's a shame that, you know, he's handcuffed Adam Gase forever, uh, basically ruined his career. Um, but yeah, Donald was the guy that I was trying to get. And I should, I should point out when I say trying to get and max could probably attest to this. I was offering trash for a trash quarterback. Um, and you know, Max was smartly saying, no, no, no. Cause it's a quarterback still it's a starting quarterback. Um, so, you know, it, it was just one of those things that Sunday morning rolls around Max is scrambling. He's on the message board. Like, conceding defeat and i'm pretty sure i'd offer this exact same trade at least twice in the previous three or four weeks and so you know what the hell i send it um and max accepts so uh you know max put out a you know basically a used couch out on the lawn for somebody to come pick up and haul away and uh you know i didn't need the couch but i thought maybe i could refurbish it and flip it later uh and maybe at my own yard sale or something like that so i picked it up i had the i had the truck so i just backed up put it in the truck and drove it home and i put it in the garage and maybe it'll work out for me or maybe i'll just end up tossing it too but uh you know it had a free sign that's on exactly it and i wanted right. it so that, i got it
0: at the end of the day say what you want about sam darnold didn't cost much that's the bottom line it didn't it didn't cost much <laughs> to get it done so no. you like you said starting quarterback hey why not um like I said, Max also made another yep. deal um, in which he flipped. Let's see here. He tri- Max adds Dion Lewis and Debo Samuel in a deal with Brian for DeAndre Swift and Jalen Rager. What's your assessment of, of that deal?
1: You know, when, when I woke up this morning – or I, I should say when I went to bed last night, I thought that we were going to talk about, you know, a Kersley making the worst deal of the week. And I was right. It just wasn't Brian, sadly. Um, I don't know what the hell he's thinking, to be honest with you. Uh, Debo is a guy who's been hurt. Fine. But we saw what he could do at the end of last year. We know that the 49ers are going to try to use him. Deon Lewis, like whatever, I don't really care about Deion Lewis just like I don't really care about Jalen Rager this year but like DeAndre Swift talented player and I'm on record as saying the Detroit Lions should use him more they should use Carrion Johnson they should stop trying to push you know an old bathtub through that horrific offensive line but Matt Patricia is incompetent so they're going to keep handing (laughs) the ball off I don't know what I don't know what what's happening here like I, and by the way, fun note, I tried to get DeAndre Swift too, uh, because I thought surely Matt Patricia wouldn't be so stupid to keep handing the ball to Adrian Peterson and his old ass, but nope, he just keeps doing it. And that's why he's probably getting fired this week. So maybe Brian gets lucky. The Lions wake up and realize, what are we doing? They fire Matt Patricia. And all of a sudden somebody with a brain comes in and says, Hey, you know what? We should probably be using the talented running backs in this offense instead of Adrian Peterson. Maybe that's what he's thinking. I don't have faith in the lines to do that. Debo Samuel for the rest of the year is at the worst top 35-ish wide receiver. He's a wide receiver three. so uh, And you're hoping DeAndre Swift is a flex play at running back. I don't get it. Brian has good running back depth. I, I, I don't understand why he would make this move. It seems like he's taking the risk and Max just got Debo for...
0: So, okay. So that's interesting that you, that that's your take on this deal. So I'm sorry because it's been a few days and I forget exactly the, the situation here. Um, I remember when this deal happened, I thought to myself, Max didn't have to do that because he had already made the deal with you where he had traded away, uh, Darnold for Russell Gage. So, I don't remember the exact situation in terms of what was going on in Max's um, Max's lineup, but nonetheless, um, I actually see this deal as a home run for Brian. Um, I, I love (laughs) the, you know, flipping Debo Samuel who you're right. You know, Debo had a, had a really nice rookie year and you know, the Niners are going to utilize him. Um, But with that being said, you know, now he's got Brandon Ayuk to compete with for targets. Um, it's never it's never been a high volume offense in terms of passing. I think Debo's a nice player, but the Eagles desperately need Jalen Rager to to come back. And you're absolutely right that Detroit, in time, you you just have to think that they're going to come around in time. And start giving DeAndre Swift more volume, um, and whether that happens before or after Matt Patricia gets fired, um, who am I to say? I don't know, but we all we all, we both know that Matt Patricia's days are numbered. <laughs> so, to you know, I view Dion Lewis as a zero. He's irrelevant um, at this stage of his career. So basically, I yep. view this as. Debo for Jalen Rager and DeAndre Swift. And I would much rather be on the that side of, of this particular deal, in my opinion. So um we'll see, you know, I guess maybe part of that is just is just speculating on on upside, you know, but um the upside is real. So um, we'll see if it's realized in 2020. Um, moving on another deal, <laughs> another deal, surprise, surprise that Colby made this, this week, he, um, you traded miles or you added miles Gaskin and Brandon Ayuk for Odell Beckham. So, so what was the thought process here? hmm
1: Well, um, you know, I, I talked to, uh, uh, Karen's gone wild. I had talked to Scott about his running backs for the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, obviously, I, I dipped my toe in the water at uh, Ezekiel Elliott, although I would say I did more than dip my toe. Uh, <laughs> Scott apparently disagreed. Um, you know, Miles Sanders, I, I, I took a run at, but, you know, um, Scott wanted to do a worse deal for those two than what I was offering. And that's fine. He had to get his quarterback. I understand that. Uh, but I did know he was interested in Odell and I was interested in Gaskin. Um, didn't really want to be, but we were what, what, uh, five weeks into the year now. And it's pretty clear that Gaskin is the guy in Miami. Um, and yeah, any kind of guy who's going to get volume in this league is valuable. He's a running back. I like Ayuk. Uh, I think he's an interesting talent and, you know, you mentioned, Is he going to cut into Debo Samuels touches? Maybe we'll see. Um, And Odell Beckham, who, you know, I was very high on coming into this year and I still am. I just, I watched that Browns offense and I go, you know, that's a really conservative run heavy offense. I already have Kareem Hunt. So I don't want to be too invested in that offense when the time comes around for, you know, Nick Chubb to come back. And it just, this kind of felt like, you know, Beckham is probably not going to be as good as I thought. I like my wide receiver depth. I was really excited from what I saw from Tyler Boyd, who looks like the number one. Who did look like the number one in in uh, Cincinnati? Uh, obviously, I saw Tyree Kill, and you know, part of it also is is I thought I had a deal in place or a deal that was pretty close to being done,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where I would trade Gaskin. And the other owner at the last second said, no, like they changed their mind. Um, So it was a bit of a speculation ad, but at the same time, I wouldn't have made this deal purely based on the speculation that I could trade a guy unless I thought, okay, if if that collapses, how bad is this for me? And I don't think it's bad. I I think, you know, so long as Gaskin takes that job, I like my wide receiver depth. Um, And in a way, you know, I was able to make a deal off of this one, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a little bit of a roll of the dice. I'm fine with that. I like Miles Gaskin in college. I thought he was, you know, very undervalued. Um, and then he comes in, and Brian Flores, unlike Matt Patricia, is a smart Belichick disciple, and goes, "Ah, that guy's our best running back. Let's get him the ball, see what happens." And that's what he did. So uh, you know, I, I'm excited. Uh, if not for, you know, the emergence of Tyler Boyd, uh, not for the consistent production of Tyree kill, he's just been steady as can be. Uh, I probably don't make this deal. Uh, but, uh, based on where I was right now, I decided to roll the dice I took a chance on this. Uh, and now I, I still like what my wide receivers are even after I made this deal. And obviously I added to that even more. Um, but I liked where my wide receivers are. And I felt like I added a really solid number three running back. I just felt sure, like was I was gonna say, there. so that's why if I you
0: look at this deal on the basis of just name value alone, then it's gonna be hard not to come away from it thinking like, well, that seems like a little bit of a of a you know selling low on on Odell Beckham um that being said, it's very important mm-hmm. to understand that that what you're saying is is exactly right, you know don't he- don't hear me wrong here. I'm not saying that Odell Beckham is just a name. From a pure from a pure talent standpoint, Odell Beckham is one of the most elite receiving talents in the game. The the issue here is like you said, you have to think about within the confines of that Cleveland offense what is Odell Beckham. And it seems that it's pretty fair to say at this point that Odell Beckham isn't going to be what he was his early, you know, in his early years in Cleveland, you know, when, uh, you know, when he was going for, what was it, fourteen hundred? Yeah, 1, 13 1400 yards a season. You know, that's yeah. that's not going to be Odell Beckham's not going to see one hundred and sixty mm-hmm. targets. It's just not going to happen in this offense. That doesn't mean that he can't be good. Um, he, right he's but i guess my point is mm-hmm. just simply this we're playing fantasy football and so from that perspective uh you know if you take a look at what miles gaskin has been doing he's he's a little bit of a, a quietly a little bit of a fantasy asset he's one of those guys that you don't really think much of him you don't really think anything of miles gaskin and and part of that is you know coming into the year nobody thought he was going to be that the guy and then part of it too is probably because he plays for a bad team in the dolphins although they're probably not as bad as people think but nonetheless Gaskin is get, is Gaskin's is Gaskin is getting the is getting touches and that has value in fantasy so yeah. um, i think i think somebody could somebody might want to argue well you know maybe you could have sold maybe you could have gotten more hey maybe but let's not act like miles gaskin is nothing and then brandon Ayuk is also a really interesting piece so this is a really interesting trade and this is going to be one of those deals that you know it's going to be interesting to see how it ages because I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you. I think most people would look at this and be like, "Oh, yep. I would much rather okay. have Odell." Are you sure? Well, we'll find out. I'm not. I'm not so sure that you know that Miles Gaskin <laughs> and Brandon Ayuk as a as a little bit of a package here um, doesn't provide a little bit more value. But it just comes down to what do you want? Do you want the one guy, or would you rather have a little? Would you rather add a little bit of depth? It's a really interesting trade. Um.
1: Yeah. It was uh, went back and forth on it, man. And, uh, you know, anybody, you guys should know by now that there is a method to the madness and if you want to call it madness, but there's definitely a method behind it. And don't you guys think I was shopping Odell for the last couple of weeks? And even after he had his blowout game, I was still giving you guys the same offers that I was the week before So anybody who talked to trade about me, they should know with me, they should know that I was looking to move Odell or at the very least I was open to moving him. Um, Now we do, man. So like this is the best package or this is the best offer I got by far. So uh, I decided to take it and I'm I'm pretty All right.
0: Well, moving forward here, this one I think is going to, This is going to be one of the first trades we talk about that I think really kind of sparks a bit of a conversation. And that's just because there's so many there's so many moving pieces here. So like you mentioned uh, just a few seconds ago, Scott, of course, had to get his boy. He had to get his his Oregon Duck, his pride and joy, you know, as he calls him, Herbert of Nazareth, (laughs) the Jesus Jesus figure of the Karen's Gone Wild fantasy team. Uh, So he talks to Max, and they they make the following deal. Max adds Rivers, Jarvis Landry, Ezekiel Elliott, and A.J. Brown in exchange for Melvin Gordon, Justin Herbert, and Robert Woods. So to the best of your ability, and this is a little bit of an exercise here, how do you break this trade down in in terms of trying to figure out who gets the edge in this deal?
1: Yeah. Um you're right, it is difficult. Uh I, I think the way I'm gonna break it down is just the way that's easiest for me to wrap my head around. Um Philip Rivers and Jarvis Landry for uh, Justin hair bear. I'd probably rather have Herbert. Uh, Rivers has been bad. There's really no way around that. Uh, he plays in a very conservative offense. He doesn't have the arm strength to be, you know, aggressive at all, really at this stage of his career and Jarvis Landry, we just talked about the offense in regards to Odell Beckham. Well, Odell Beckham can run circles around Jarvis Landry. So, uh, those same worries that apply to Odell, I think are, intensified slightly for jarvis landry as well um herbert of course you know playing really well and then he goes out on monday night football and looks absolutely great uh so uh i think when you combine those two i i think that just makes it like easier for me to look at the rest of the pieces uh they stack up a lot nicer that way Ezekiel elliott for melvin gordon well even before melvin gordon (laughs) decided to be an idiot and drunk drive um that that's that's clearly a, a win for Max. Uh you know, and again, that's even after Dak gets hurt. That's even though Elliott hasn't been, you know, putting up the elite games that we're used to. That's still a win for Max, clearly. And then Brown for uh Robert Woods. I really like Robert Woods this year, you know, and Brown, I I, I think Brown's a good player. Like I I think I think it's fair to say that they are in the same area in terms of like ranks for the rest of the year i think that's fair uh i would prefer woods so for me if i'm i'm from scott's perspective i get an upgrade at quarterback and i get a i would say i get a massive upgrade at quarterback and then i get a i would call it a mild upgrade at wide receiver and in order to do that i take a i take a a bit of a hit at running back A fairly significant hit we can say i think and i also lose some depth some pretty quality depth in jarvis landry um so yeah you know and from max's perspective he gets the best player in the deal and it's not outside of the realm of rational argument for him to say i also got the second best player of this deal uh just in terms of not maybe not most valuable player but just best in aj brown so uh yeah you know and when you add a you add it up to what Max did the rest of the day uh, and yesterday. Max is building himself a super lineup, and he's kind of going with the the Tyler strategy from earlier this year. And, you know, ask Tyler how that strategy works. What happens when your super lineup has one or two injuries and you don't have the depth to, re- to replace that guy? So we'll see what happens here. This trade in particular, I think it's pretty even, uh, but I think Scott probably gets the better end of it. Because the the downgrade at quarterback that Max made in this deal, it might supersede what he picks up at running back. So uh, we'll see. But I I don't have an issue with the deal for either guy. I love guy. it. I, I love I probably prefer Scott a little bit.
0: See, I'm sitting here thinking for sure that Colby's going to come on here, and he's going to rag on on Scott for letting Zeke go in this trade. And it, obviously, it's not fun to let Zeke go. But literally, the take that you have here is the one that I was going to roll with. Which is, keep in mind, Scott had just traded for Philip Rivers in the, deal, in the deal that I made with him. So, he has Phillip Rivers yeah. on, his, on his team for one week. Philip Rivers, I think, gave him all of one fantasy point, and Scott wants out of the Philip Rivers business, and he cannot get out of the Philip Rivers business fast enough. And he's willing, and he's willing to shed <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott if that's what it takes Can't to get Philip Rivers away from his fantasy football team. So you know it's funny because last year I specifically remember that I was pretty outspoken about the fact that Philip Rivers was washed. And I know that people say that about quarterbacks all the time. And a lot of times it's just trolling or it's, you know, it's just, it's not to be taken too seriously. But I was legitimately serious when I said that. Coming into this year, of course, I draft Phillip Rivers. And my rationale is, well, you know, maybe the reason that he looks so horrible with the Chargers all these, you know, especially last year, is they definitely had some offensive line struggles, and that's not going to be a problem in Indianapolis, so I'm going to give him a mulligan. Well, I know it's still a little early, but that seems to have been a catastrophic mistake. Phillip Rivers, I, I, I no longer am going to give Philip Rivers the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> oh, maybe it's the offensive line. I'm sure now there's probably some people in Indianapolis that are like, well, you know, the weapons are banged up too. He doesn't exactly have the the best you know, receivers to get the ball to and whatnot. Okay, sure. That's fine. Whatever. End of the day, I don't think that's why. I think that the reason that Phillip Rivers uh, is playing like shit is because Philip Rivers is shit. I think at this stage of his career, you hate to see it, but I think that he is just a, just completely washed. Um, so from that standpoint, the way that I would like to break this trade down it, I agree with you. You know, I agree. I think that, I think that I pretty much agree with everything that you said concerning this deal. You look at AJ Brown and Robert Woods, and let's call it a wash. I would rather have Woods, but let's just call that a wash, okay? Um, then you look at, then you look at, you know, Melvin Gordon and Justin Herbert for Zeke Landry and Rivers. And so, essentially, when you look at it from that standpoint, I agree with you. Melvin Gordon is, uh, is a modest downgrade from not, not – it's not extreme. I mean, it is a downgrade, but it's – I'm saying it's not outrageous, you know, but it is a downgrade because Zeke, we're talking about a top three running back in fantasy right there. But nonetheless, um, you know, Gordon is a downgrade from, from Zeke. But Herbert, it appears to be a massive upgrade from Rivers, and that is the story here. Um, and and you know maybe 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 we're we'll, maybe we're wrong. Maybe Rivers will play a little bit better moving forward. God, you gotta hope so because the Colts are a good football team. But if they keep this shit up, they <laughs> might want to consider. They might want to consider giving the ball to Jacoby Brissett, to be honest with you. Um, Yeah, we'll see, but
1: nonetheless,
0: um, interesting deal. Another thing, though, before we move off this trade, there is another very, very important thing that I think needs to get pointed out here. Max saw Ezekiel Elliott's name in this deal, and he couldn't push the button fast enough. Not thinking about the fact that Justin Herbert was in his super flex spot and he had not played yet. Well, what we know now is that Herbert had a sensational game on Monday night. And I don't know this for a fact because I haven't looked at the numbers, but I could only imagine that this trade making this trade when he did cost max the week. And not only did it cost him the week, I'm pretty sure that it sw- that it swayed him from 2 and 0 to 0 and 2. I mean, so it, that's
1: Yep. He fell
0: Here's the problem.
1: He fell short of the Matt Win by half a and point. And
0: obviously hindsight's 2020, but nonetheless, the problem is is that we both know that when you get to week 13 and you're coming down the home stretch for the playoff race, one win, one single win, whether that's a median win, whether that's a win you earned against your opponent, can be the difference between punching your ticket to the dance or fighting your your ass off to not end up in as the as the Jamarcus the Jamarcus Bowl champion. Okay, and this I want to remember this deal. Right here. This was a first in league history that somebody made a deal on a Monday before Monday night football and lost a player that they were banking on to score points for them. And because they made the deal, that's great. You got your prize, which is Zeke, but it costs you Justin Herbert, a downgrade from from Herbert to rivers. And it costs you two wins. At the end of the season, if Max is a win out from the playoffs, that's going to be really, really tough to swallow. Because the question I'm going to ask you right now is, how many shits do you give about the fact that you have Ezekiel Elliott on your roster when you're the seven seed? and you're on the outside looking in.
1: I mean, you just ask uh, you just ask Scott what it's like to be the 7 seed and then see the <laughs> 6 seed run the table and win the championship. Um, so it,
0: that it's, those yeah, things man, matter.
1: It's, it's tough. Those are the little things that, you know, ultimately may not hurt Yeah, it may not hurt Max, but it definitely would not have if he had just waited what four more hours before he hit accept. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if that comes into play. Um, I I, I texted TJ right after Max made this deal, and I was like, um, did Max just trade you a win? And uh, he ended up, yeah, that he did. That's brutal. He traded away two wins. It's really
0: important to to operate with the understanding that every single week, those wins are everything. And a lot, of people, a lot of people are going to say, oh, you're talking crazy, blah, blah. Yeah. Listen, it, it, there's, there's two scenarios here that I think matter a lot. Number one, and this is the most important one, that's why I brought it up, is the difference between being the six seed and the seven seed. The other one, though, is, is let's say the whole, super team, the whole super team thing works out for him, and he's up there in the, in the race for a first-round buy. Okay, well what what if what if these two wins here is the difference between being the mm-hmm. two and the three? And then you don't get that first round by and then you get bumped the first week of the playoffs. Yep. I'm just saying, like the like you said, they seem like little things. Mm-hmm. They're really easy to overlook, but it's incredibly important that you don't overlook them. So it's 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 if you just lose you can't let yep. you know the platinum chip the big name Ezekiel Elliott, you can't let that get you off your get you off your focus, get you off your grind. You got you got to hone in here. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see.
1: I uh, yeah. I by the way, I'm totally gonna cut that that uh, section <laughs> we said you can't let that get you off. Um, it's gonna make a nice <laughs> drop for the uh, for the open next year. Anyways, uh, I think we're about to to enter the Russian bot like turbo trade mode. Uh, So let's dive into these because we actually have a shot to discuss all of these trades in about an hour, which would be incredible for us. So
0: Before we get into this, was this the busiest week of trades in league history? I think it was.
1: We had 12 trades on the sheet, and I don't even know if we've gotten all of them. Cause I feel like it's possible that sleeper couldn't keep up. And so they had to like bury one or two of them. Uh, but yeah, there's 12 trades here. And I think I, I don't even know if I'm counting the ridiculous, like worthless trade that we're going to, you know, I'm, I'm not counting the stupid fab trade. Um, and I only, I only counted the, the stupid handcuff trade. because wow. I felt like I had to, but yeah, 12 trades. Uh, and, and really all these happened thursday through monday uh well one one of them happened today so just insane and you know big part of that is isaiah who uh last lost dak prescott and knew that his season may be hinged on getting andy dalton out of the waiver wire and so he went uh i i don't know what the correct term is for this did he go yard sailing or did he go like he went on like he went on uh let go or whatever, and and started putting his stuff up for sale. Said so he wanted to buy that life-saving medicine, um, and he made for some sure. good. Sure. So the way. first so step I, I'm excited to talk about that he
0: these. took here, and like you said, keep in mind these all include fab. I I don't have the figures. If you don't have the figures, we just. just...
1: Oh, uh, okay, fairly Yeah. I, fab, you know, each I one of these so. deals,
0: he he was adding. You know, he was adding ten to twenty fab a pop. Trying to chisel away to get where he needed to be. So, yeah. so uh, Isaiah trades DJ Chark to Brian in exchange for Devonta Freeman, Scotty Miller, and some fat. Um, and what are your thoughts here? You
1: know, uh, I I know that Chark has tr- has uh, struggled compared to where he was last year on this. Uh, and I get it because Devontae Freeman is the guy uh, in New York. And as we kind of talked about with Miles Gaskin, if you're the guy, you have tremendous value in this league, um, particularly this year. And, of course, it's nice that, you know, uh, Freeman goes out this week or at this point last week against Dallas, and he he puts up 15 points, and he's played 54% of the snaps the last two weeks. So, um, you know, it's a struggling wide receiver too. I would still say I would say Shark is still a you know a wide receiver too, um, you know. And that's where he is right now. Uh, you trade that guy for a questionable running back too. You add Scotty Miller, uh, you, or you get Scotty Miller back, who's at least an interesting lottery ticket, and you get that ten fab. I think it's a pretty good deal for both sides. Um, Brian gets some upside at the wide receiver position. He has the running back depth um, to do this trade, and uh, you know. Russian gets his uh gets a pretty decent running back for a struggling wide receiver, and gets ten fab to get him that much closer to uh, Andy Dalton. So I actually think this is a pretty good trade for both sides. I
0: I don't really have much to add to that. I mean, you pretty much nailed it in terms of the important pieces here. I think it's really easy to gloss over Scotty Miller, and maybe and maybe I do maybe I do that to my to my own peril. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I'm wrong to do that. But really, the the brutal pieces here are Freeman. And mm-hmm. Chark, and and like you said, you know Isaiah taking yeah. just taking a stride towards this Fab that he needs to get Dalton. So uh, a nice um, you know adding some running back depth here for Isaiah and taking a shot on a bit of a buy low and DJ Chark here for Brian. Um, the next deal that Isaiah made mm-hmm. was with Steven, and he flipped. He flipped. Um, yep hawkinson to steven in exchange for tyler higby and some fab uh, 20 fab which is pretty substantial 20 fab. um so i guess the question the question i would ask yep. you is you do you think that tj hawkinson is 20 fab more valuable than tyler higby
1: I don't know. Um, I like Hawkinson more than Higby, um, which is kind of weird because somebody had mentioned that I'm like in love with the Detroit lions offense, which, you know, I, I'm not, but I do happen to have carry on Johnson and I was in on these Hawkinson talks, um, before he flipped to Steven and I do have Marvin Jones and I later traded. <laughs> so maybe I do love the Detroit lions offense, but, uh, you know, the the Rams have a really good offense themselves, um, but Higby's struggled. You know, it's been, it's been a rough go of it since, what was his big blow-up game? Um, week two, when it wasn't even like, he caught five passes for 54 yards, but three of them were for touchdowns. Aside from that, he's been, you know, okay, or he's been good for just tight ends in general because the whole position sucks this year. Um, but, you know, the last two weeks, three and a half, two point two, even the week before that, seven points like that's that's nothing spectacular, but is it worth the 20 fab? Uh, I, I think you know, knowing the situation Isaiah's in or was in, I think it was worth it to him i I, I, I would rather have Hawkinson and like I don't know if I would give Hawkinson for Higby for twenty fab dollars, but, for Isaiah, it makes a lot of sense. So um, I I think, I think Tyler or sorry, I think Steven got the better player, but I think it makes sense for both of them. I I really do. And and Steven had the fab to give. So uh, I I think it's a, you know, again, it's another good deal by Isaiah to just kind of chip away, not try to get it all back in one deal. And uh, you know, it's probably a minor, you know, a minor step back at the tight end position. Um, for a major potential major step forward at the quarterback position based on who he would be trying to replace Dak with if he didn't get Andy Dalton. So um, I sure. think that's, again, that's another solid trade by Isaiah and a solid trade for, Steve, I think so. Yeah, I
0: agree. Um, I agree. It's fine when agree. that's the I case. I think you're on point with, with what you're saying. I, I, you know, we're in, we've been in lockstep. It's strange. We've been in lockstep with most of, most of these deals here, um, you know, the you know before we go to more deals that isaiah made there was a brief uh there was a brief intermission yes exactly in which tyler added stefan diggs and debo samuel in exchange for michael thomas um with a deal with max here so um Mm -hmm. of course you could you could look at this deal and you could say well you know this was a Last-second desperation hail mary attempt on Tyler's behalf to keep his matchup, his Week Five matchup against you, interesting because he really wanted to win. Um, the strange thing, I think it is a little strange, in my opinion, is that this deal actually isn't isn't awful for Tyler. In my in my assessment, Diggs has. Has been sensational for the Bills. Diggs has, um, you know, Diggs mm-hmm. has been a, a low end wide receiver one. Um, and, you know, time will tell if he keeps it up. I, you know, Tyler needed, Tyler yeah. definitely needed depth. I don't think that, I don't think, I would not advise that anybody ever make a deal on the basis of one week, but. I don't know that that's even, I don't know that it's even fair to say that that's why Tyler did this. You know, Michael Thomas didn't play this last week. It wasn't because of injury. It was, uh, it's still sort of nebulous why he didn't play. It seemed like it was a disciplinary issue, um, on the basis of something other than injury. Um, so we still are kind of a little bit in the dark on that. um, Nonetheless the the appeal to to Max here is obvious. I mean it's Michael Thomas and Michael Thomas has already been sitting out for a while now. And so he's slowly but surely he's only getting healthier mm-hmm. and getting closer and closer presumably to the field. But let's not act like Tyler didn't get anything in return. Uh it's a, this is a really interesting Trade, uh, you know, and let me be clear: by no by no stretch of the imagination am I the you know the biggest Diggs or Debo fan. Um, From a pure from a pure name standpoint, uh, you you would rather have Michael Thomas. But when you put it in context, I think that this deal is actually a lot more interesting than it might appear at face value. So, what what do you think about this trade here?
1: i think it's really sad that you know tyler's entire identity is wrapped up in trying to beat me um which he does on occasion but never when it really seems to matter uh so you know it's sad that he, he felt the need to make this trade to try and you know stave off the embarrassment of having lost to me again um but uh no in all seriousness i reached out to tyler after he made this deal um I like it. I, I do. I do like it for Tyler. I, obviously, you know, I'm a big Debo guy. Uh, we talked about him earlier in the, in the podcast. Um, and, you know, Stefan Diggs has obviously been great this year and he was great again on Tuesday night. That feels weird to say. Uh, so I, I feel like he got, you know, pretty good uh, return here for Michael Thomas, who's still coming off of a, a high ankle sprain. Right. So we don't know for sure that he's going to be a hundred percent. Drew Brees has looked, let's say, mediocre, uh, certainly compared to what we've seen in the past from Drew Brees. Uh, And so he gets a replacement for Michael Thomas um, without taking a major step back, in my opinion. Uh, He gets a really good depth slash potential, you know, low-end wide receiver, too, in Devo Samuel. And he gets that for Michael Thomas, who, again, didn't play this week and is on bye this week, or is on by? He didn't play it last week, I guess, technically now, and he's on bye this week. So Tyler w- wasn't going to have him for two weeks. And keep in mind, coming into this last week, Tyler was four and four and kind of going in the wrong direction. So if Tyler could get digs and even creep above that league minimum, the uh, league median and get to five and five, that would be huge. But if he couldn't even do that, he would go into next week if he doesn't make this trade at four and six and he wouldn't have Michael Thomas in either. And that's a pretty big blow to, to Tyler's deal. And if Tyler goes four and eight, then the pressure kind of starts to kick up and you're certainly not out of it at four and eight, not six weeks in now with half the season to go, but that hole just keeps getting a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. So I actually think Tyler made a really you know smart, savvy move here. Um, And, you know, it it may end up uh, being enough for Tyler to finally beat me maybe in the playoffs, (laughs) Um, although I doubt it. So uh, I actually think this is a a pretty smart move by Tyler. Um, And also, you know, I don't think this is a bad move for Max either. He's willing to roll those dice. We talked about Max trying to build his, his super team. And you look at the top half of his starting lineup and you're like, damn, Mahomes and Michael Thomas and Zeke Elliott and, you know, Travis Kelsey and, I know I'm forgetting somebody, a really good running back or something, but you look at that and you go, wow. Yeah, Mahomes, Zeke, Kelsey, and Thomas. Like, that's insane. But you look at the rest of the team and you're like, there's some warts here. So that's all I'm going to say. But from Max's perspective, I totally get it. That, looking at that starting lineup, like coming into the year, if we said, hey, this is going to be somebody's starting lineup, in week six or whatever i mean we probably probably would have gone you know damn like that's that's going to be tough to beat so we'll see what happens but uh i i like i said i think it's a really smart move by tyler and i certainly get it from max's perspective that's really hard to ignore when you start stacking those guys together so um i think that's a that's another deal that i think we can go back at the end of the year and circle and say this one for might sure. have made the difference here. No, I agree.
0: This is going to be interesting, and like you said, it is. It's just, it's really going to be interesting to see how, um, you know, Max's super team, uh, you know, pans out for him. Although it did cost him, it did. It's cost him quite a lot. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, two wins and depth. So, it's cost him two. Wins so, far. we'll see how that how that goes for him. The next deal here. Actually let me let me start over. Let me Giovanni Bernard for Boston Scott was a thing that happened. That's all I have to say about that. That's it. Yep. Nothing else nothing nothing handcuff to see here. Handcuff. And then I, there was another trade that I'm assuming was just somebody hand Cam handing over Fab. Is that is that what it was? A dollar? Did he just gift a dollar?
1: Uh I think they
0: whatever okay i think they traded moving a on, dollar to each other moving on to to actual deals so, um worthless and last night at late at Two the more. at the 23rd hour almost literally uh, isaiah finally gets the remaining fab that he needs to get Andy Dalton in a deal that he made with you in which you get Kenny Galladay and Zach Moss and he gets Tyler Boyd and Cam Akers. So, and, and the Fab, yes. So, um,
1: and, and twenty five. go ahead
0: and, I guess, break this deal down from your perspective.
1: Yeah, um, the trade was accepted at the 23rd hour, but it was agreed to at the, you know, 13th hour or so. Um, you know, Isaiah had wanted to wait to accept this trade just in case somebody was going to scramble at the last minute to try and make sure they could outbid him, uh, for Andy Dalton. So kind of a savvy move there. Um, yeah, you know, I, Kenny Galladay to me is a top 10 ish fantasy wide receiver. Uh, it was a, uh, you know, it was a guy who in the second round totally would have considered taking had Tyree Hill not been there uh and so now i get to pair tyree kill with kenny galladay um and you know the the, it it wasn't easy to trade tyler boyd i like tyler boyd and tyler boyd was actually a guy who i wasn't all that excited to draft i had never done it before until our actual draft um but in the seventh round it felt like he was too good of value and he turned out to be better than i thought even um so it wasn't an easy trade to pull the trigger on um and obviously, you know, I, I traded for Cam Akers, ironically from Russian bot. Uh, so I liked Akers, but he hadn't played in a couple weeks. weeks. Uh, he comes out and it looks like Daryl Henderson's still the guy for now. We'll see. Um, and so at the end of the day, it's, you know, I have, I built up some depth with my other trades. I feel pretty good about my depth. And so why not use some of it to take a, what I would consider to be a pre major upgrade at wide receiver in my starting lineup. And I, I don't know that I sacrificed all that much depth. I, I like Zach Moss coming out of college. I think Buffalo is going to run the ball a little bit and he's been hurt similar to acres. So uh, I decided to take a shot on that, on that deal. And, you know, I, I think, you know, for me, it's, I upgrade at wide receiver, I think somewhat significantly. Um, I kind of make, I, I think it's fair to say I downgrade slightly at running back, but not, you know, significantly and then the twenty Fab that was that was tough because i don't have a lot of that but that's how good i think kenny galladay is and of course the almighty detroit lions offense you know needs to be on my team so um <laughs> brian when you're ready to trade matthew that's stafford perfect. you just give me a call see
0: so here's the funny thing about this from my perspective i actually think that the difference between galladay and boyd and the difference between moss and acres is probably well. I think this actually applies especially to Gallaudet and Boyd. I don't think people, partic- you know, I don't think people particularly envision some sort of a void between Moss and Acres. I'd say most people would probably say they're like, you know, in the same range. Uh, most there, there are definitely people out there who would say that Gallaudet and Boyd are not even remotely close to the same range. I don't know that I agree with that. I think that Galladay and Boyd might actually be a lot, a lot closer yeah. in terms of relative relative value than people might imagine. Um, that being said, Galladay maybe has more touchdown upside. Um, I could see that argument, um, you know, bearing fruit. But nonetheless, I, I definitely see the appeal of wanting to, wanting to move um, from Boyd and Acres to Galladay and Moss and then of course the appeal here for Isaiah is well i don't think that the perceived downgrade is what people think that it is and i'm also getting the fab that i need to seal the deal on getting dalton so this is a deal that i actually think makes uh you know makes a lot of sense for both sides and specifically the most probably the most um underappreciated aspect here in my view is moving from acres to moss i think moss might be a he's a, he's a really interesting guy for the middle to late part of the season here i think that he has a chance to to make some noise in the mm-hmm. buffalo backfield and uh and you know obviously we'll see how they decide to distribute the work there but um at, at least last night, I'm not going to say for the whole season. At least for last night, uh, Singletary wasn't it. That's all I'll say about that. He he just wasn't it. It was it was abundantly clear. He got outperformed by TJ Yeldon. <laughs> it wasn't even close. Um, so it's going to be really interesting once Zach Moss is healthy enough to see the field. It's going to be interesting to see what he could do. And I will vouch and and I will vouch for you. That you were definitely yeah. on the Zach Moss train, um, you know, even heading into the draft, even heading into the NFL draft before he ever, before he ever uh, landed all, with Buffalo. So, kind of surprised that he wasn't on your team coming out of the draft. But it's not from a, it's not from a lack of trying, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. Like at the end of the day, I think I. At the worst, I Mm -hmm. stayed where I was prior to the trade, like in terms of just output. And I think I took a shot to have significantly higher upside, and the cost was twenty fab. So, at the end of the day, that's the risk I was willing to take. Um, And I I don't know if it's significant risk. I don't know if it's significant upside, but decided to roll those dice, and uh, that's kind of what fantasy is all about, man. Sometimes you play the game to have fun. Sometimes you win. So
0: So, uh, we'll see how trades are fun. That's why, that's why we had so many yep. of them. So this is just, this is just, you know, you have five weeks of data now and people are kind of more ready to kind of shuffle the shuffle the deck a little bit. Um, speaking of yep. this morning, Scott takes a look at his lineup yep. and realizes that both of his quarterbacks are on by. So if he doesn't do something, he's going to take, he's going to take the L and frankly, he'll probably, he probably would have taken two L's. And he can't really afford to do that, so so he fields offers for Carr no. because of course he's not going to trade Herbert of Nazareth, and um, and of course TJ comes a <laughs> knocking, and so TJ uh, T- TJ trades Daniel Jones, Damian Harris, Tua, and Eric Ebron. To Scott in exchange for Derek Carr, Melvin Gordon, and Dalton Schultz. Before we break this down, it's also worth noting in a hilarious twist on this trade that I don't even know if it was an hour after the trade was official, the report drops that Melvin Gordon is uh, how do we say he is not the he's not the the best at just making decisions. He's not the brightest. He uh, decided that he was going to drink and drive, and he was going to speed, and clearly made a boneheaded, negligent decision, but TJ didn't know that when he pushed the button, and uh, so here we are, and um, so other than that, what are your thoughts on this deal? How did TJ do, and how did Scott do? for
1: for who? uh worst trade of the year. um so far. so far. uh for Scott. Uh I understand that you know he's 2 and 8 and both his quarterbacks are on bye and he desperately needs at least a win this week, right? I, I think we can agree that at 2 and 10 you're not out of it, but we can start writing the o-bit, right? Um it's going to take Herbert of Nazareth to uh to revive that, so I get it from that aspect, but I mean, do you really, Daniel Jones? Like, really? That's that's the guy, huh?
0: Um,
1: honestly, you might want to start Taysom Hill. You might get more points from him. So, oh, and by the way, and you, congratulations! You picked up Tua, who's not going to start this week. He's not going to play, so uh, that's pretty much worthless. I, I guess that's a long-term play, which. You know, long-term plays when you're 2-10 and 10 are fantastic. Um, Eric Ebron, whatever. I'd rather have Dalton Schultz, but I get it with Dak out. Um, I understand that particular aspect. And Melvin Gordon for Damian Harrison. Like, the only thing that can make this trade better, um, or should I say worse for Scott, uh, is if Le'Veon Bell signs with the New England Patriots. Uh, this is an utter disaster. It is panic. At the disco, it is the Hindenburg. It's whatever you want to call it. This is a guy who you know started taking on water, and he thought the solution to that was to turn on the hose and let that run. So I, I don't know what Scott's doing here. I really don't. It's early in the week. You couldn't have waited a couple of days to see if maybe you could pry one quarterback away from somebody because you basically that's all you got out of this deal is one guy, and that one guy is Daniel Jones. Ugh, ugh just awful, awful awful trade both in the long run and the short term i mean i, I guess you know it's, it's so bad it's just so bad i can't find anything positive to say about it. here's my positive spin on this trade
0: <laughs> okay well yeah, Schultz- I, I can Ubon's do a little, okay i'll do a little that's bit all i got that. that's okay all I here's got. the deal from the jump from from the jump from the jump i have i got obis as daniel Jones. That being said, I think it is fair to ask the question, is he really this bad? Mm-hmm. I don't think that he's good, but is he really this bad? Now, that's hardly a, that's hardly a consolation for, for, for Scott at this point. He's already made, the, he's already made this deal. Um, what's up?
1: Matt. Matt. Mm-hmm. Matt. He played the Dallas Cowboys. The worst defense ever. His team scored what thirty? Okay, listen, points. I know
0: it's not. He it's had not six good. fantasy points. But let me just say this. Let me just say this. So there's.
1: He's so, he's so no, bad. that's
0: not gonna. That's probably well, not gonna. He gets be to great. Play
1: that I'll Washington give you 17 that. 17 let me just say this. this week, let me just say so. this.
0: Okay. Uh there's two questions that there's two things, and they're hypotheticals, and and so time will tell. But they're just questions I want to toss out there. Uh, you know, number one, is Damian Harris going to take on just like a really prominent role? Like, the, like you know, I know that Sonny Michelle wasn't any good last year. OK, but the year before that, uh, Sonny Michelle was a lot better than he was last year. And, you know, Damian Harris has fresh legs, hardly played at all his rookie season. And the Patriots offense is good. And so you know, there's a possibility here that Damian Harris is you know a interesting, an interesting player that is uh, that could you know that's being undervalued right now. And, and and let me also say this: like, what happens if Tua? Let's say that we're right about Daniel Jones being just a bum, okay? Well, he, did, he also got Tua in this trade, and you're right. Normally when you have the win-loss record that Scott has, that's not as valuable as it could be. But what if Tua starts, you know, what if Tua is the starting quarterback for the Dolphins, you know, start week, week seven, week eight, for the rest of the year? Um,
1: It'll be a- It'll be a nice consolation when Scott's you know three and I'm 12, saying three that, 18, that he has he a, say, well, at least I get to watch. He has a pivot play year.
0: potentially sooner rather than later so, for Daniel Jones, assuming that Daniel Jones is really that bad. But nonetheless, I agree with you that you know all things considered, you would rather have TJ's end of this deal. Um, but Time will tell. Time will tell. You know, I agree that you definitely should not feel you shouldn't feel obligated to take the first offer that falls in your lap. And don't panic. Don't panic. But we have no we have no Thursday night football this well, week. So right. really yeah, really you don't have to make a deal till yep. Saturday evening. Yeah, you know, Sunday morning if you really want to push it, but really Saturday mm-hmm. evening. I mean, you had the rest of the week to negotiate something that felt more fair and or at least look or at least, you know, the optics of it aren't what the optics are here. But we'll see. You know, like I said, it the thing about fantasy is is that there's always things that can happen that you just don't know what happens if Melvin Gordon because of his actions here gets suspended for the next, next three games. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying, I'm just uh, saying that so we're going to judge results. I agree over the that the process then. here is I wouldn't have done this deal. If that's the question, If that's the sure. question. If that's the question and I was Scott, I wouldn't have taken this deal. But what I'm saying is, is that just because I wouldn't have taken yeah. the deal, that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean that it can't work wow. out better for Scott than I would right. have presumed.
1: I, I would say it would almost have to, because I'm assuming that this is the end for Scott. So um, if he gets anything from any of these guys, it's an improvement over what I think he got. And I think it's worth noting here and I don't know if we want to do a he said, she said type of thing. Um, but TJ said that Scott offered this deal to him, not the other way around. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't understand. Help me understand Scott. Uh, you seem like an intelligent dude. Uh, we've only hung out once That a change. We should hang out. Um, not, not, not during COVID, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe we can hit up uh, red Robin again, but uh, you can bitch about why you're the seven seed and you still deserve to go to the, to the playoffs. Um, it's just uh, help me out, Scott, help me understand why this deal makes sense for you because I've gotten to look at it for 12 hours. Now I can't even come up with like, there aren't words for me to figure out like how, why, <laughs> All, all the questions. Who else? There you where go. Um,
0: That I, pretty I much it. wraps it up. I don't get Jeez, it. Jeez, finally. Uh, the, quickly, the one thing that I will mention, obviously, Isaiah landed Andy Dalton on waivers for 94 fab. The second high bid was me, even though I mm-hmm. knew Isaiah was going to get him. I, uh, I wanted to – you never know. What if he was bluffing? <laughs> what if you what if there was a, what if he missed what if he mistyped his bid? You just Don't never kick. know. Yeah. So Don't kick. um Andy Dalton goes for 94. <laughs> Other than that, um nothing nothing overly notable on waivers. The one thing that I want nothing to really. mention before we close this out, because it was a little bit longer this week, but that was to be expected. I'm gonna, I'm going to be very intentional about how I phrase it, this because it's just a simple question and then we will close this thing out. And the question is with the whole Levion situation in New York, okay? Let's assume, let's assume that Levion Bell signs mm-hmm. with another NFL team in the next, let's call it week or two, okay? The question is, would you be excited about Le'Veon Bell in the context of any NFL team that you could realistically perceive him signing with? Moving forward for the rest of this year, would you be excited about Le'Veon Bell and his projected role? (laughs)
1: I think a lot of people would say the chiefs I'm a, I don't think the chiefs are going to do that because why would you downgrade at running back and spend millions of dollars to do it? Like you're fine with Edwards Hilaire. Uh, so I, I think if you went there, I think it just hurts Hilaire more than it helps Le'Veon on bell. Um, I think, you know, if there was a team, I think it's new England because we know they're going to run. That's how they've built their offense. And, you know, Josh McDaniels is going to get a new receiving toy. We know Cam Newton, you know, has no no issues checking it down to his running backs. We know Le'Veon Bell can catch the football. So I think if he went to New England, that would probably be the most exciting spot, I guess we would say. Um, I, I own Le'Veon Bell in one league. Uh, so I'm certainly hoping it's New England. Uh but uh yeah, I aside from that, I maybe Detroit, but why would you if you're Detroit and if you're Le'Veon Bell, why would you sign with Detroit even? Uh it sounds like he wants to go to a winner. That's definitely not Detroit. So um I, I think you know Kansas City uh maybe is the most appealing to him. I think New England is another uh is probably the best fit because Sonny Michelle is nothing special, and Damian Harrison, or Damian Harrison, you could can, can use so, him so, still. So, again, but, uh,
0: would you be excited about him? I like probably him. the spot. Yes. From, fantasy, In from a fantasy the context perspective, of fantasy? Le'Veon Bell, and-
1: or I, I, don't, I don't think my opinion would change on him. I think he would still be kind of a – Top 20 ish running back, maybe 24th. Um, I just, I don't, I, it's tough to watch Le'Veon Bell the last two years and not think something's different. Uh, So, yeah, I I think like, I think he's a number, a number two. Um, And if you have maybe a really good running back core, then he's a really good number three to have. So, um we'll see and he's been hurt so i mean it's tough to look at him you know this year in particular but the last couple years it just it it looks like a guy who stopped playing football for a year and then just never really got back in shape so uh i i don't think no matter no matter where he goes i don't see like a huge jump up in his his Uh trade value or his value to I think he's on Casey's team like well it, it I don't, I just don't see much of it the rumor is actually the Jets are
0: still on the hook for his entire 6 million dollar salary so the rumor is yeah he can sign for minimum and I just I just want to float out my right. prediction is he lands So he'll at sign the Bears. for minimum. So um will will no I am not saying I'd be excited about it. I think Le'Veon he Bell at this know. stage of his career is a name so, I yeah. think. I,
1: I, I mean, yeah, I, I think the Bears are a pretty good fit, though. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. I'll, I'll throw.
1: I'm going to throw oh, one God. dark horse out there. Please, no, San Francisco.
0: Stop! Stop!
1: Jericho <laughs> has been too good. We got to knock him down a peg. All right, I am this over the hill.
0: Let's <laughs> let's wrap this thing up. With that being Anyways, said, let's wrap up. This I gotta is get going. Maddie G, the low key OG, the Omega 3 poppy, reminding you as always, to get your omega 3s, keep it OG, and go hawks.